Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio today with Andrea Smith, technology guru extraordinaire, back from the big fancy IFA technology show in Berlin. 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 But then yeah. you went to Barcelona. So I have, you didn't really take pictures in Berlin outside. You were really just yeah. inside. <laughs> well, I was so working. You been, I know you could have been anywhere. You're like, I'm sitting on a high tech chair. <laughs> but then Barcelona, you had lots of pictures. And we have Amy on the phone because she's still, Amy's pretending it's still summer. In the woods. <laughs> in Amy the, in the woods. Amy in the woods. She it survived. Her husband survived. He survived kayaking. They caught a fish. What else has happened? Worms in, in the, the fridge. They did not get killed by a bear or a serial killer wearing a hockey mask. I think that's not that's yet. Huge. Out of all of that stuff, the most noteworthy is that I opened up my fridge and there were worms in there. Something <laughs> that I had that I would divorce my husband for, not thinking it would actually happen. Wait, worms that, that he, in a can oh, for fishing? A, oh, okay. I thought you meant like worms like got into your fridge. But oh yeah, that happened. Amy, if you're going to yeah, fish, you got life in the woods. Well, maybe you need to get a little fridge just for bait. That's what people said. They said, get a, a separate fridge for bait. And my husband at first agreed to that. And then 10 minutes later, he changed his mind. Well, so, that, that's I don't not, know. I don't know. Well, to me, that's not negotiable. When he starts catching fish and wants to refrigerate it until mealtime, that's when you get a separate refrigerator. Oh, that's for sure. I don't think he even wants to catch them and eat them. Apparently, our, <laughs> our lake is overrun with like small fish that aren't supposed to be there. So what everybody does is they catch the small fish and throw them into the woods for animals to eat. Oh, I don't want to hear and, this. Like, you throw back the other stuff. Wow, I just feel like someone's just jerking you around telling you that. But you're going to get some, like, fine from the Wildlife Association, but okay. Totally possible, because Fiona is um, convinced that there's a shark in our lake. So we're, we're gullible people. <laughs> Tell her there are no freshwater sharks. She's okay. Nope. Every time Omar goes out on the lake, she warns him to be careful about the lake shark. Well, there are Loch Ness monsters, so you just never know. There you go. <laughs> there, yeah. are, there are other things in lakes. All right, well, today on the show, we are going to talk about, we're just jumping right into it with... 50 ways to screw up your child. Um, 50 things you should never say to your child, according to an article in Redbook Magazine. And you can be sure it covers everything you've ever said to your I child. Was, you know, <laughs> I was reading it and I thought, I always tell them that I wish I could be a parent now. You know, that all these mistakes I know I made. And I read this article and went, yep, said that, said that, There's said no that, said that. There's no way not to say that. these things. So we're going to talk about that because it's, it's ludicrous. And then we're going to talk about regretting the name you gave your child. There's a whole new study out that uh, it was like kind of a decent percentage, like 18 percent or something of women regret the name they gave their baby, um, which uh, we're going to talk about this study <laughs> and the whole thing about it. And you can tell us if you regret your name. Um, and then we'll have our bites of the week. So we're jumping right into almost fall here. So let's start with this article. It was in Red Book magazine called 50 Things You Should Never Say to Your Child. And I'm just going to read a few of them. I will warn people we're going to put a link to it, but it's like a, one of those slideshow articles, which is obviously just to keep you on the site because there's no reason Annoying. for 50 quotes to each have their own slide. You should not have to click 50 times yeah. to get through an article. It's bizarre. Let's just say that right out front. So I'm going to read you some of my favorites. So you don't have to do that because some of them I was like, nah, nah, nah. Um, so here are some of my favorites. I do everything for you. I don't see why that's bad, if it's true. Um, <laughs> um, 
let's see. You did great on your test, but why can't you do that all the time? We don't have that one in our house. A B is fine and A is better, which I have totally think. said that. Right. I totally controversial. You make me so That's mad. Who oh, come on, you make me so mad. Um, don't eat that or you'll get fat. That's an interesting one. And then this I thought was really interesting. I used drugs and or smoked when I was a kid. If your kid asks you, maybe it's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation. Are you honest or are you not? It's a whole conversation. Um, That's not a big deal. These are all in the same vein. Calm down. You're fine. And stop crying. Stop crying. Your fine one kills me because um, that's why my kids don't freak out about things. Because when they were little, if it wasn't a big deal, I said, you're fine. Right, right. ignored it. Shake it off. You're fine. My daughter is such a klutz that she always goes, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) She does something all the time. Um, You're so lazy. Stop being a baby. Right. Stop being a baby, which I do think that's a mean one. That's a bad. That's a hard one. You're being ridiculous, which I don't think people just say to their children. Um, stop being so selfish and or needy. I'm disappointed in you. You're so smart, which that I think is also a whole other topic. And this is my favorite, which I've never said to my kids, but this one does drive me the most crazy when people do this to their children. I hate math. I was never good at it. Mm. And you're an idiot. Now, if you have to be told that telling your kid you're an idiot is not a good thing, <laughs> then you're an idiot. Then, then you're an idiot. Um, so those were my the ones I kind of pulled out because the rest of them I felt I don't know there were like a whole bunch more. I mean, but. some of them are valid. I could certainly understand saying you know like don't tell your kid they're an idiot or you know don't but, eat that. But or what you'll get really fat. bothered me about this was, of course, it explains how you're ruining your child's life by saying something like this, but. I'm going to say 99% of them didn't say what to do instead of. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was no, you know, don't tell your child you're disappointed in them. You know, I I would have liked to have gone on and read you're disappointed in their behavior or you're disappointed in the thing they did, but not in them. Right. You know, as a whole. Throughout the whole thing was that um, if you say something close, like uh, there was one said, I hate it when you do yada, yada, yada. Um, But then... You know, their their problem with that was the kid isn't going to hear the I hate it when you, they'll just hear I hate you. I'm sorry. Like, that that was like five of them. That's not okay. Like, your kid needs to learn to listen to what you're actually saying. You can't parse your words that carefully with children. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, though, because I read, no, I saw this guy talking about, I think it was on Bill Maher. It's a guy who teaches sort of like leadership and success and charisma and all those things. And he was talking about why the Hillary campaign slogan of love trumps hate is horrible because people see love Trump first. Hmm. And even if you're reading the whole Hmm. thing, even if you feel like it's clever and it's whatever, it's a terrible message to own. Um, because it's really ineffective for that reason, that the, the brain is still registering love, love Trump. Trump first. And it reminded me of God, that. that our I, brain's that yes. complicated that, that that's like a subliminal message. Yes. He was saying you're still making that word association and you're making it first. And so I wonder if it's the same thing of saying, I hate when you, right? The kid sort of starts to tune out. They've right. heard hate. They've heard and you. you. And then whatever. I and mean, we don't really use the word hate so much yeah. anyway. But um, do 
don't you think you say that to your spouse too? <laughs> like I hate when you do that. <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> right. Well, um, one of the things that, that you're that they touched on is that you're not supposed to say um, you're so smart, and that's something that I read when my kids were little, and we've never told them you're so smart. So smart, we'll say you know you did you worked so hard for that, you practiced that so much, and and you know that's why you did a good job. Um, I, I I just feel like. If you're consistent and straight with the way you speak to your kids, you can say that stuff and they will get it. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're so smart's an interesting one. So I've never said that to my kids, but it doesn't matter that I've never said it to my kids. My parent, the grandparents, say it 8,000 times a day. So to me, then what do you do? Because grandparents that is their job right. to lavish <laughs> yeah. their job is to lavish praise on your children right so right. everything my children did from the time they were like a month you know they finished a puzzle when they were nine oh you're so smart like everything was you're so smart um what do you do it comes with a grain of salt from the grandparents yeah i mean yeah. i think kids are they know that that you know what they get from grandparents and the expectations that grandparents have of them are very different from the expectations that parents have. But it is interesting because if you think about the other people that go into raising your child, like you as a parent can do a lot of this, but if you're a working mom, working dad, if you're a two-parent working household, so you've got a nanny or a babysitter, or you've got grandma or grandpa raising your kids, helping you raise your kids, now you have to pass all this on to them, right? right. And everyone has their own thing. So you as a parent, you can only do so much. <laughs> I feel like there's And you can't really thing. tell other people to parse their words and never say something to your right. child. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine if I had said to, like, my mom or the girls, their godmother, like, don't tell them they're smart. They, I mean, <laughs> you know what? Like my mother, weird. bless her heart, she used to, you know, she thought that competition was great among kids, right? That was her way of motivating kids wrong but um, <laughs> I can tell you with my two sisters but she would say to my son or one of my nieces or nephews well you know so-and-so is doing this and bring up one of their cousins and oh my god did you hear that so-and-so got this grade or they're doing this and it was the worst kind of worst. cheerleading it was mm -hmm. just the worst but it's really hard to tell someone hey, what you're saying is really offensive and is totally not doing what you think it's going right. to do and yeah grandparents go both ways yeah <laughs> Is there something to, you know, the less you see, you know, like if you are a two-parent working family and the, the less you see your kids, the more weight your words hold when you when, when they do hear something from you? I really feel like hmm, that's I think that you, you just have so much more weight than all those other people. Yeah, I do think that's probably true, although, you know, and whatever. I mean, the grandparent relationship, I think, is a, is a different one, and I also think the babysitter one you know when you have people spending a majority of time um i remember i had a friend whose nanny was always like when her daughter would get dressed and we're talking like a two-year-old you know like oh you look so sexy and she was like oh my god like that is not something you say to a two-year-old right and but you have to say it because to her it was um so, so all of a sudden you're like we don't want to use that word with our daughter right now you're treading on thin ice because you're like this is the person you've hired to right. watch your child. You don't want them upset with you. It was like such a weird thing because there's also just differences, I guess, in how you were raised or what people right. are saying around you that make you say those things too. I mean, the I mean, don't you say things that you know your parents said to you that you were like, oh yeah, and not just that moment of I can't believe I'm saying this, like oh my god, you know, whatever, but more like ew, I can't believe I said that. Like I hated there were when my I mom didn't said realize that. how ew they were until I said them to my own kids. <laughs> right. I was like oh. 
yeah, that wasn't okay. And my parents said it all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Was it one of these? Was it your stop being a baby? <laughs> stop being a baby. Yeah. I feel like that gets said to boys more than girls. Yeah. Well, when my mom was mad at us, she would call us piss pots, which <laughs> I never really thought about that much until I was older. And I was like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. I think the hardest one, you know, obviously most of the time when you say these things, it's in the heat of a moment. You know, it's it's reactionary. It's not with thought. But the I do everything for you, I never say it like that. I say it more <laughs> like, I am so sick of doing everything. Yeah. Um, right? Because you do. And then you have to examine, like, well, why am I doing everything? Right. <laughs> well, it's doing... funny. And that doesn't go away because there are times when Matt will ask me, you know, can you send me this or can you help me with this or read this? Co-? Whatever it is. And I do it right away. And then I find myself asking him to, you know, he had to share his password with me for something that I had given him, actually. And a, a day went by, two days, three days, and I finally said, you know, I do a lot for you, and I do it right when you ask me to, and I don't make you nag me, and I kind of feel like the reverse should happen, too. So that doesn't go away, but I don't know that I would say I do everything for you. Right. I think I would point out the things that I'm doing. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing because, I I don't know, I think you have to, it's an interesting list because it makes you question, have I said that, do I say that, why would I say that? I think the things you say to your kids change as they get older. I don't think you'd say, like, stop being a baby to a 12, I don't know. But I think your point is valid. I mean, a lot of these things that are, you know, allegedly incorrect are said in the heat of the moment. You know, when you're stressed, when you're tired, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, you know. And you say them probably not thinking about what you're saying. So maybe it's just a matter of, you know, trying to be a little more um, patient or parsing your words and reframing what you want to say. Yeah. Patience is funny. My sister said that this weekend, too. Like every parenting book just boils down to you need to have more patience. Yeah, which I had not. Where can I buy that? (laughs) Exactly. I I think the other thing that like I could argue a lot of these and some of them are good points, but. I think the overall theme through all of the explanations of the quotes was just that, I don't know, I felt like the author was treating kids way too delicately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, really, like, if you start reading all of the explanations of why they put each quote on there, it's like, really, is my child's psyche really that fragile? No. Right. And well, I wonder if it's part of that whole idea of like bubble wrapping the world for your child. Like it's like just different form of helicopter parenting where now you're checking everything you're saying. Um, But I'm I have to say I am all for the I hate math one. I really am. (laughs) The I hate math. I was never good at it. And I don't say it. And I understand why parents say stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be math because you're trying to show them that like you were all so bad at that. It's okay. You're going to get over it. Or, oh, I'm so sorry you got that from me. You know, it's like taking this responsibility and it just reinforces to your kid, especially girls. girls. That, they're that you just, can say I'm not good at it. That's right, it. it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, um, and it's that's tough. That's a tough one to do because um, well, you feel guilty. I love math. I was on the math team. My kids didn't get that from me, but they got plenty of other things for me that I was terrible at. And I do try not to tell them that I was bad at them because I just want them to like discover whether they like it on their own without all of the crap coming from me. Right. My husband and I had this discussion over vacation because we don't ever drive. We don't own a car. But when we go on vacation, we rent a car. We go on vacation, we drive. And so um, 
my husband yells a lot of choice things at other people on the road. And inevitably, it also leads to the I hate people. I hate people. We joke all the time. We all hate people. It's why I won't go on a cruise. I hate people. And I said to my husband, we have to stop saying we hate people because our daughters are going into high school and they're not the most socially confident girls on the block. Like they have friends, they have nice friends, but it's definitely like they work at it, whatever. I'm like, we have to stop saying that because it's not good. It's not good yeah. to keep telling them. Like, they'll they'll learn to hate people in their own time. Um, <laughs> but we shouldn't be. Like we do. Right, like we do. Um, but, you know, it's it's not good that's that we really keep true. saying it that's in front of them. That's very true. So that's my I hate math is <laughs> I hate people. <laughs> so I'm I don't know. I think hating people is totally valid. I, there, there are really good T-shirts and everything for it So yeah. <laughs> that are totally acceptable. Um, all right. Well, on that note of hating people, we love you listeners. So we will be right back with um, regretting the names you gave your child. Or maybe yourself. Maybe you hate your own name. I had friends who hate. I have, my mom's friend changed her name. That's a whole other story. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. This week, we are brought to you by Kapari Beauty. If you're like me, the shelf space in your bathroom is precious real estate, especially if you're like me with one bathroom and two teenage girls. That's why I'm excited to introduce you to a line of beauty products that's as great at multitasking as you are, Kapari. These are products that moisturize skin and hair, smell great, but without any sulfates, silicones, GMOs, parabens. Instead, Kapari products are made with 100% organic coconut oil. They make great products like a coconut sheer oil, which is light and perfect as a facial moisturizer. Actually been using it all the time as a facial moisturizer because my skin is so freaking sensitive um, a coconut balm for intense soothing and smoothing of super dry skin a coconut crush scrub which my daughters love you do it dry and then you get in the shower and rinse it off it's great a coconut body glow that gives you a natural all over shimmer which my daughters have also stolen from me it's got like gold <laughs> flecks in it well it's all in the same bathroom it's all in the same bathroom <laughs> no they all took it into their bedroom oh wow they like stole it stole it um, but because they're tan now, so like they run. Oh, has, so they like, want that sparkly. Flex. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's, they look beautiful. It's actually it. nice. I tried it on my shoulder. See, it's pretty. And of course, their original coconut melt, which is just like you dip your hand in that, <laughs> and melts and it rubs all over. Um, I love this stuff. I wish I had had it. I have to tell you, this my one of my daughters had crazy, crazy diaper rash when she was little. And we say she had like a million dollar butt because she had to buy the most expensive diaper cream because it turned out what she had and still has is an allergy to petrolatum. Oh. Petrolatum is in everything. 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 Yeah. So every cream they were prescribing for her diaper was rash making it with had petrolatum in it. Uh. And it took us forever. It actually took a change of diaper brands and everything for us to discover it. And then I had to buy the most expensive diaper cream on the planet. Um, and I could have instead used the coconut bomb, hmm. turns out. So oh. if you have a baby with sensitive skin or you have sensitive skin, I highly recommend because there's just this is all it is. There's none of that extra stuff. There's certainly no petrolatum in it. Um, they've searched the world for an oil of the highest quality with a great aroma, a non-gritty texture. You can apply head to toe. I do I put it on my split ends, too, after I flat iron. <laughs> 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 so say aloha to the best skin and hair of your life with Kapari. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash parenting to get 20% off your order. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty, 
com slash parenting for 20% off. And I'm telling you, you can make your like end of summer tan extend with all this stuff. And especially that shimmery one. That shimmery one is that body glow is use it. You'll be so excited you did. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we are back with baby name regret. So this study, this is an article in the double X section of Slate, and um, it was like a real study, which I thought was a weird thing to study. Yeah, people get paid money to do yeah, that. I know, people <laughs> get paid money to ask moms, do you regret the name of your baby? And there, moms, right? I think it was just moms. It looked like it was just moms. Yeah. It was like 18% said yes. Which is so weird. Which is so weird. And there are people who wait to name their baby, right? Like they're like, I'm waiting to see. Right. Like you wait when you get a pet to see what kind of personality right. the pet has. It emerges. But I always feel like, can't you, don't you feel like your kid grows into their name? Like, I don't know. You know, when we had our son, we had, well, first of all, we didn't know what we were having with either either pregnancy, so we had more than one name picked out for each one. Um, but for the boy name, when we had our son, we had two choices, and they were very different choices, and we said, he's either going to look like a Noah or he's going to look like a Jake. And he came out and he looked like a Jake. It was, it was clear as day to both of us. That's so funny. That's funny. Why? So we had... I don't know. He just, we looked at him and we're like, that's not a Noah. I feel like they just have like a mushy face <laughs> when they're babies. Like they just have nothing. They had a mushy face and a full mop of hair. I don't oh, know, my daughters hair. did too. Yeah. I think, you know, you're right. I mean, parents, uh, we didn't know the sex of our baby either. And, and so we had two names picked out. And um, we were going to name Matthew, we did name Matthew, Matthew Dillon. And um, we were going to call him Dylan not Matthew and he came out and he was Matthew I mean it, it really was one of those That's I don't know so he kind of looks like a Matthew so we had four names picked out because we were having twins and they were identical so we needed two boy two girl and then eventually I found out I was having two girls so we nixed the two boy names um, but I had picked out the names one was we had to have an I for my husband's grandmother um, and there's not that many I names and we needed an S. I actually liked, I knew it was going to be Sophia. It was my grandmother's name. And it was her, it was her original name, which was then anglicized to Sybil because she was Canadian. But her original name was Sophia. So I already knew that was going to be their names. Um, and my mother-in-law has a theory that the universe speaks to you through the New York Times crossword puzzle. <laughs> And I didn't know, I had had my amnio, but I didn't know if I was having two boys or two girls yet, but I knew it was one or the other. And I was doing the crossword puzzle, and Sophia was the answer to a clue, and Isabel was an answer to a clue. And I said to my husband, we're having two girls. (laughs) And I have the crossword puzzle. I saved it. So they were very much, that that was it. That Mm -hmm. was their names. It was meant to be. Um, according to the New York Times crossword puzzle and, and the universe. But I never, what was so funny about it is I didn't know any Isabels or Sophias when I named my daughters, which is huh. um, 14, right, 14 years ago. And then when we went on a tour of nursery school when they were two, when we were looking at nursery schools, the nursery school director was like, no more Isabels oh, and wow. no more Olivia's. And I was like, oh, we're not getting in here. Um, <laughs> but isn't, 
that. But don't they go in cycles? I mean, yeah, I feel like. But I didn't know any. Like, I think it's so weird that then my daughter's names are two of the most popular names of their generation. And you had not. Well, where does that come from? Did everyone have a Grandma Ida they needed an eye for? Like, I well, that's why Matt was an M. I mean, right? Yeah, you have to go with a with a letter. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, I think they go with TV shows too. Like right. I remember, um, I don't even watch TV, as you know. So I'm trying to think. Oh, oh Grey's Anatomy. Please. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> all of a sudden, there were all these Addisons. Yeah. Everybody. Ha- yes. Go ahead, Amy. Yeah, Every, well, like everyone Madison had Addison from, from Madison from Splash. Yes. After Splash, everyone all of a sudden Madison became an actual name. Yeah, it all it just becomes like that thing. Now there's a lot of Haydens. So what do you do if you've named your kid and you're like, that's not their, that's not who they look like now? Well, is that what they're regretting that they name them something that they don't look like, or that they just wish it was a different name? It was both, wasn't it? Like they just felt like the name didn't fit. Didn't suit them. The kid. That was some of them, but a lot of what surprised me is that I thought of a lot of the regret was going to be because it was a weird name. Because we've heard a lot of weird names lately. People want their kid to have a really unusual name. I thought that would be the regret that they didn't name it a common name. But for a lot of the people, it was that the name wasn't weird enough. Right. That blows my mind. Right. It was like too common. Why did they go so common? Yeah. Which is kind of what you're saying. Like right. You, it's not that you chose, uh, you know, back then you didn't think that it was going to be a totally common name. It just turned it out just that became. way. Right. And I don't know. Like, I certainly have a lot of friends named Jennifer. And, I, and if I was having a baby now, I'd name it Jennifer because no one's named Jennifer now. But oh, yeah. there are so many Amy's my age. It's oh, my God. Ridiculous. So many Amy's. There are only like six Amy's in my class. Oh, yeah. And spelled differently. Um, all different ways. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, how many kids? I I know I I can name five. You know, take their name that their parents gave them and decide they want to make it different. You know, like I know an Emily who, in high school, changed her name to E M I L I E instead of E M I L Y. You know, and they just take it upon themselves to change. And we had friends that were Jennifer that became Jenna, yeah, like that kind of thing. Um, And I definitely all my waspy friends who were like, you know, the third, the whatever, they all went by their middle names, right? Because they never had the same name. They were named the same name as their dad, right. but then they'd go by the middle name right. so that they wouldn't be the same as their dad. And then, so, so so my mom's best friend had her sister, and I cannot tell you for the life of me what her sister's actual name is, but she was older, maybe she was four or five, and she did not like the name they gave her sister, so she called her Cindy, and that's her sister's <laughs> name. Her sister's now like 60, and she's still Cindy. Cindy. She just decided, and you know, it is funny that you can name your kid something, and then someone else, or a nickname that comes out, and that becomes their actual yeah. name. Huh. Um, one of my husband's best friends, his name, I'm not gonna say what it is, but it, his real name was Andrew, and his nickname is nothing like that, and it was because his sister couldn't pronounce his name and called him a nickname. And that's his Aww. name. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 100% what people call him. And it's very weird. It's weird. And yet my mother, you know, and she was 91 when she passed, so, so like years and years of someone calling her by her given name, which was Jeanette. Her birth certificate said Jeanette. And when she was a teenager, people called her Jeannie all the time. She hated it. Because she hated what people called her. Right. And she changed her own name to Jerry when she moved to the United States. And she became J-E-R-I. And that was her signature. And she legally changed it. 
Right. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, why don't you wait for your kid to get older to decide Let if them they figure don't write? Because most of them don't write. There's an Alex B and an Alex K and an Alex L. And that's just <laughs> how your class is. Everyone gets a last initial who has the same name. My daughter, Isabel, because there's always an Isabella. There's always, and like someone will be a Bella. Someone mm. will be a Bella. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, my daughter's Izzy. Like there's always ways that people get around that yeah and my daughter sophia i I call her by her middle name all the time what's her middle name name? pearl so i call her pearly (laughs) but i call her by her middle name all the time can i tell you what drives me nuts about my daughter's name what all right so her name is fiona i picked fiona because um well i think it's pretty but also my dad who's from ireland had given me a book when i was little about um it had irish fairy tales in it and there were at least like three princess fionas so i always liked the name my daughter was born in 2004, just as Shrek she was coming out. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Shrek, really not a huge fan of the second one. It had nothing to do with that. And, like, when she was little, every day, somebody would ask what her name was. I would say Fiona, and they would go, oh, Shrek. And I would go, no. <laughs> yeah, no. that's yeah, awful. Like, don't assume that that's why. I named, like, after a big green ogre from a middle-aged <laughs> mediocre movie. Yeah, no. It's funny yeah. the things that get associated yeah. with your name. Like my whole life growing up, every time I'd say my name, and this just shows you like the generation that comes for you. I always got Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, Rebecca of Sunnybrook uh. Farm, from everyone's like grandpa, right? They would say, well, I was in Brooklyn, so they'd say Rebecca, Rebecca. of Santa, Sunnybrook Farm. And, um, you know, it's funny, nobody says that to me now. Like that was such no. a weird generational thing. Well, it's thing. from the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Matt, when he was born and we said Matthew Dillon, they all went, oh, for Matt Dillon? I was like, no, <laughs> Matt <laughs> Dillon, so are you kidding? <laughs> no, for Dillon Thomas? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so funny. But there are so many weird movie and TV names out there now that I think are just going to seem so incredibly dated in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that's a bad idea. It's interesting the names that got made up and then catch on. Like, I think of yeah. like the Jadens. Like, that's not a name that yeah. ever existed. Like, yeah. there's all those names that get made up, but then and sound weird at the time and then have become totally normal. Right. But then 15, 20 years from now, people may forget what happened and, and think, where did that come from? I can't believe how many Jewish friends I have with kids named like Aiden. Like, these super Irish, Irish names. Irish. Like, it's that so weird to me, too, is these names. Or then there's always the names that go, that are boys' names that become girls' names, yeah. too. Like Dana. Jor- Jordan. Um, Dana's yeah. one. You know, um, Asher. Like, I know Asher's that are both boy and girl. Yep. It, so that's Avery. interesting, giving your uh, kid a name that could go either way. Noah. I know girl Noah's. Yeah. Like, it's, it is interesting. And it's Avery. hard. Avery. Avery goes either either way. Yeah. Um, After the label. That's all I get. <laughs> I keep thinking Avery labels. But it is interesting. And then I had my, um, didn't you guys have, like, the Waspy friends whose first names were family last names? Mm. Right? I had, like, my friend Gaither. Yeah. Like, all those Gilchrist. Mary in my my sister had a friend Mary Mary Bird, I love Mary Bird. <laughs> um, I think creativity is good so that you don't end up with fifty Amys in in your town. But I mean, some of the names are just child abuse. But did you ever feel like you weren't an Amy? No, 
Right. It's funny because I remember when I was like my daughter's age, when I was like 12, telling my grandmother, Amy isn't an old person's name. I think I'm going to change my name before I get old. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like a kid name, but now I'm 43 and of course I'm still an Amy. Right. And everyone will be old Amy's. Now you're Amy in the woods. There will be old Jennifer's (laughs) and old Amy's and all of the, you know, Sylvia's and Dorothy's and Margaret's and is going to get old. Like, yes. There will be 80 year old Tiffany's. Right. Tattoos and all. Home. Yeah. And Britney's and Ashley's. There will be Grandma Ashley's. Yep. <laughs> it is funny to think about. It. And then all the babies will be named Debbie and <laughs> Margaret. And well, look at Charlotte. Charlotte I mean, Charlotte's is back. made this huge yep. resurgence. I mean, yep. I mean, my grandma, that was what I think of my grandma's friends' names. My grandma is Sylvia. She had Dorothy, Charlotte, um, Margaret. Those are my grandma's friends. And I, when I think of my grandmother's sisters, it was um, Sophie, yeah. uh, Bertha. Oh, Bertha. Thelma. <laughs> Bertha may never make it back. Never. <laughs> Thelma. Yeah. Thelma might. Thelma. Thelma's cute. Um, I mean, they were they were really old-fashioned Yeah, I mean, look, names. Hazel. Hazel's come back. Yeah. How many Hazel? Yeah, oh, yeah, Hazel. Do you remember I'm Mad About You when they named their baby Mabel? Oh, yeah. Mabel's totally huge. Yep. Mabel totally came back. <laughs> So well, I guess so we'd love to hear of, some interesting names yeah. that you guys chose. And I think don't regret your kid's name. That's just weird. Like let them, let them decide. Let them, them change you know? it if and they want to. It's good for your kid to find their name on a license plate and a mug. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, that's the worst when you can't find the name. <laughs> it's hard. Don't, no, but you know, with the mugs and everything, like you can get them custom made now. Yeah, now, now yeah but when a kid goes into a store, you know, that has tchotchkes like that, the first thing they look for is their name. The keychain. Yeah. I mean, there, there are advantages to having a, a name so common that you find it at the amusement park on a thing. But it's nice to not have six other people in your close circle who are named the same thing. Yes. You know, I, I, I like the creativity. Just don't get too creative. Like, Moxie Crime Fighter should never be a name. <laughs> you know? uh, who is that? About- uh, uh, Penn Jouette. Like, right. How about Jarrell? How about Nicholas Cage? Oh you named his kid yeah. Jarrell. Nick, uh, Nick Cage's. Yes. Don't do that. Right. Or God. Like, Didn't Grace Slick name her kid God? Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> or West or Easter. <laughs> your child's name is not your place to show that much of your personality and creativity. You know, I just I think it's mean to your kid. Right. It is mean. It's meaner than saying. You're so smart. Well, and also <laughs> the people who name their child after where they were conceived, like their There's kids named Sonoma and Asia and Dakota. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so when someone says to you, oh, God, how did your parents pick that name? It gets awkward trying to explain right. that for a kid. <laughs> well, I have a friend who named her daughter after the restaurant where she and her husband had their first date. Um, you know, Isabella's on the west side. Um, my son would have been named Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! My my kid would have been named Silverman's. <laughs> Silverman's with the M and M Sunday. All right. <laughs> well, on that note, we will take a break. We'll be right back with our bites of the week, which are not going to be baby names. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, even though you're on the phone, you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. Um, So mine is actually a podcast this week because a friend of mine is hosting a new podcast. My friend David Greiner, he's an editor at Adweek. 
and they have a new podcast um, called Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. And it's great because just like the Adweek website, it's not really just for people who are in the advertising age, advertising um, world. I, I know I'm not, but we're all surrounded by advertising all the time, and they talk about really consumer side stuff, not just like agency stuff. So I've listened to the first two episodes. That's all that's out. And uh, they were really interesting. A lot of talk about, like, um, sports and sponsorships and, uh, you know, just what's going on with commercials and which commercials are terrible and which ones are great. And uh, I thought it was really interesting. So check it out. It's called, Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Okay. Cool. I actually, I would say that Adweek, that's one of the few things I read on a regular basis. Just cause yeah, me too. It's interesting. All right. All right. So I'm back from the uh, IFA Tech show in Berlin. <laughs> I actually did go, um, even though I didn't post pictures. I did post some pictures, actually, from outside? the museum. Yeah, I did go. I them. went one day to you a museum. Did make it outside. I did make it outside. <laughs> it's funny, too. It was my fifth year in Berlin, and it's the first time I got to the museum. So <laughs> anyway, uh, lots of really cool tech stuff, which I'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Really cool stuff. But one of the things that caught my eye was I think we've talked before about trackers, you know, putting trackers in your purse or in your wallet. On um, your kid. On your kid, you know. <laughs> but, the, you know, the problem with them is they're bulky. They're small and you can't find them or they need to be on a keychain or, you you know, they're just a pain. So Tile, which I have used mm, in the past, yeah. is out with the Tile Slim. Oh. And it's about the size of the thickness of maybe two credit cards together. It's much thinner, okay. slimmer, smaller. So you can actually stick it in one of the pockets in your wallet and forget about it. You don't need it dangling. Or you can okay. attach it inside uh, between your phone case and your phone and put it there. Oh, that's And good. it works the same way. I mean, it's the same, you know, you can set it off. You listen for the melody to find your phone or you can set it to tell you or whatever it is you're tracking that you've left it behind. It's still Bluetooth range, which actually has um, improved greatly. So it's okay. more than 30 feet. And uh, so it's cool. It, they're like 20 bucks, you know, and definitely worth trying for that thing that you're always losing. Unless that's your eyeglasses. You just can't stick that thing on your eyeglasses. You can't. Yeah, you need something you can like, I don't yeah. know, tape to the side. Yeah. That's a problem. It's a problem. I don't know. Maybe they'll solve that. Somebody will solve that. You think those things <laughs> I Someone smaller. did make that. I saw one about three years ago. But you attach it to right. the side. So there's a big hunking thing yeah, hanging off your eyeglasses. Yeah, it's still too big. It still needs to be like a that. sticker that you can yeah. put on the inside. Yeah. All right, so my bite this week is an article in The New Yorker about the joys of listening to audiobooks. And it, it's a really great article about – so a lot of people think audiobooks are sort of cheating, like yep. you're not reading. And it's actually an article about why it's 100% not true, that the listening to a book is something very human – that is ingrained in us, this listening to stories. Like from when your parents read you stories. Yeah. And bedtime. from the beginning of time, from Homer, yeah. when stories were right. just told from person to person yeah. to person and passed on. Um, and that they should not be seen as cheating or a weird you know, way around reading, that they should be seen for what they are, which is an art form. And especially when you have an incredible narrator and storyteller and how much work is now being put into this incredible audio talent that do these audiobooks and he sort of discovered this joy listening to a version of The Great Gatsby which mm -hmm. I can't remember who was read by but it was so spectacular and I feel that way about um, 
the Harry Potter books read by Jim Dale. Yep. Like yep. so exceptional yeah. that they're really radio shows. Like acting. Yes. Yeah. It's total acting, all the voices. Yep. So it's a great so article. This is an article? Yeah. In oh, the I want to read it. And it goes into why audiobooks are, are actually their own form. I love that because for all the years I was in a book group and commuting to ABC in my car, I didn't have time to read like the way the other people in my group did. And so I would go to the library, get the audio book, and in those days, you know, put it, download it to my computer, then transfer it to my iPod Touch and listen in the car. And I felt like mesmerized. I mean, I felt like I got so much more out of the book because I I heard the pronunciation properly. I heard the the feeling. I I listened to every word. And honestly, as soon as I would hit the West Side Highway, I'd have to turn it off because it so encompassed my mind. You know, driving is autopilot for some, but then as soon as you get into traffic, you got to stop. Um, and the women in the book group kept saying, oh, that's cheating. You're not really reading. And I, I would say to them, your eye glazes over, you turn the page, yeah. you go at I said, I listened to every word of this and loved it. And a dear friend of mine from ABC, who was a, an anchor, um, has now become a voiceover oh, person wow. in his second career and narrates audiobooks. And I used to say I could listen to him read the dictionary. So now I just I and so now I agree with everything about this. So I have to read the article. Yeah, so it's a great article. So I do, and I think for parents especially, um, obviously you want your kids like literary skills, their reading skills, but there is so much more to reading than just the processing of the words on the page. It is about the story and the structure and all that stuff. And so if your kid wants to read and listen to an audiobook, it's not like watching the movie. Yeah, it's not. Right. You're still listening to the story. Yes, and, well, I, and it's great. And I think we've. I've mentioned this on the show before, but um, Kindle has this great feature where you can often get the audiobook when you buy the Kindle book at a huge discount, mm-hmm. and then you can sync them so that if you stop reading at a certain point, you can pick up the audiobook at that point, and then when you get out of your oh, car, like you can pick that. back up the book, and it'll be at the right point. It's really cool. Yeah, that's great. So check it out. We'll have a link to the article, and then we'll, um, yeah, check that out on your Kindle or on your Kindle app. That's cool. All right. Well, that is our show for today. That's our first post Labor Day. Not wearing. I'm wearing a white shirt. I'm not wearing no white. white pants. <laughs> no more white <laughs> pants. I can't wear white anyway. I still think. Right, and you're in the woods, so you just yeah. can't wear white. All right. Well, next week we will all be in the studio together. Amy will be back from the woods. We hope with her worms. <laughs> Without her worms, I'm not no worms. worms. Don't bring any worms. <laughs> Um, and you can check us out on facebook.com slash parenting bites. We will have links to everything on our show page, of course, on parentingbites.com. On Twitter, hashtag parenting bites. Amy does a cool thing on Facebook where she posts things we were talking about this week before the episode even goes up. So you can read and then have your opinion ready when you listen to us and disagree yep, on with Twitter us. Too. And on Twitter, too. Um, check out play.it where you can find parenting bites and all the other CBS podcasts. Some of them are really good. I have to say, yeah. like, really good. I like Judy Gold. Um, oh, yeah. But until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Bye.